0: Well, good day, I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host,
1: Hey Patrick! Hi Mark. This is gonna be a good one.
0: I'm I am so been looking forward to this conversation with um, Salud Carbajal, who is the uh, current uh, on the board of supervisors in Santa Barbara. And Salud, how are you? I'm
2: doing great. Thank you for uh, inviting me.
0: Yeah, I, this uh, I, we ran into each other uh, at an event up in uh, San Luis Obispo uh, several months ago, and I. Um, said, hey, I'm, you know, we're doing the show on the 805 and you know, you've been serving uh, the, this you know, area for so long. In fact, if you'll remember, uh, my company is Intro Networks and our first big project after we did the TED Network was to build a business database for Santa Barbara County. And that's you were working for Naomi Mm -hmm. and we came to the county and said, we want to do this thing. And it was with the economic development people and uh, had no idea. I mean, I knew what we were doing, but I had no idea what it's like to pitch the board of supervisors and all of that stuff and and learned at that time the. The, the the dichotomy between North County and South County and trying to connect those businesses and how important it was. Now, fast forward how many, 13 years later, and we've expanded that effort now to be all three counties and thinking about the business in all of them. and
2: You were ahead of your time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I, <clears throat> I'm really interested in a, a lot of things about, what you do, but I want to start with: you've spent 24 years in public service. You worked 12 years for Naomi and the Board of Supervisors. You're at the very end of the last of three terms on the Board of Supervisors, and the question I've got, because the people who are listening to the show—they're business people, they're students, they're involved in startups—they're there. A lot of walks of life. In fact, half of the listeners aren't even here in the region. The question is about public service. And what is it with you that drives you to do that job? Because I, I think some people would think it's a thankless job. I mean, you, you're just getting you get slaughtered out there in the, in the marketplace. Let's talk about that public service bit. Well, I think well, I'm into public service, and I think
2: many people that are in public service, I think uh, a spouse to... Uh, I think the goal of wanting to improve our community and improve people's lives, and uh, obviously doing it um, through the public sector, uh, and I think there's ample opportunity, whether it's through nonprofits or government, um, to be able to do that. And certainly for me, it's it's been a a, a real privilege to be in the thick of influencing or helping craft public policy that impacts people's lives for the better. And I think most people that are in public service, I think, have that goal or desire. And certainly it's it's one of my goals as well and has always been. Um, it's also a learning process. There's no book that says mm. this is mm. how you go about doing public service. You find your niche. You, you're constantly growing. As in business, you're, you're learning every step of the way. Every ventures and every law, every public policy, you're learning its, its strengths, its flaws, its, um, its evolution. And um, it's just great to be able to, uh, for me, to have served so long in public service and uh, to see a lot of the fruits of your labor in impacting.
0: Give, uh, give me an example.
2: I'll give you an example. Uh, A while back, uh, on the Board of Supervisors, uh, I learned, many of us learned that Santa Barbara County had the highest rate of uninsured children in the state of California. Uninsured children. Uninsured
0: children. In the nation? In the state of California. State of California.
2: The highest rate per capita of uninsured children. So I teamed up with one of my colleagues, Supervisor Centeno, and in doing so the rest of our colleagues, to sponsor an initiative to invest funding resources, to work with a number of partners to identify the children that were uninsured, to get them enrolled in insurance programs, and to provide health insurance to children. And we went from 16,000 uninsured children to approximately uh, 1,500 children. Wow So when you have that type of an impact, you can't help but to feel vindicated, reaffirmed that what you're doing is making an impact. And uh, that's just one of many examples that I can look back over my service and feel really good about mm-hmm. and feel that we made a real significant difference and there's many more examples
0: so one of the things that's that's interesting to me as a resident here in Santa Barbara but really the central coast is that looking at this as an entire region and, and you you focus on the county right that's the job as I'm thinking about the county but you know that there's you I mean, a lot of people who live in San Luis who who work in Santa Maria or they there's how many Ventura people that come up and affect the Santa Barbara economy. So, so how much does regionalism come into your conversations?
2: Not as often as it should, but it does. And I'll give you an example. We have an Empower uh, program, it's called. And that's really an energy retrofit uh, financing program that we afford to our residents in Santa Barbara County. We partnered with Ventura County and San Luis Obispo County to expand that program to include them as partners. The significance of this program is that we do retrofits to save energy consumption, electricity, right. and right. Um, gas, natural gas, through heating and what have you, um, through various uh, strategies. And in doing so, we uh, make homes more energy efficient, and we, in turn help do our part in saving the environment and because of the reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from each one of these residences.
0: And so, what caused you to work with the other counties though? How did, how did that work uh, out?
2: We reached out, I personally reached out to, to them and as well as some of our staff and some of them reached out to us. We had some conversations and it led to exploring such a partnership. Uh, so when at all possible when you can implement a program and not have to duplicate the wheel or start right, sure, over sure sure it's it's obviously uh, always best and this was one of those instances that working together we could expand on an existing program instead of each county starting up their own similar program
0: so let's uh, set the way back for a second so before you went to work for uh, the board of supervisors um, you're, you're a gaucho, right, <laughs> UCSB? What, yes. What did you study? What was your major?
2: Well, I, I transitioned from about two other measure, m- majors <laughs> before I got to my final major. Right. Initially, it was computer science. No kidding. And that was back in the Cobalt, Fortran, uh, Pascal yes, language days. Yes, sure, sure. And immediately I, I came to terms with the fact that that really wasn't for me. Okay. Uh, writing programs uh, was not my, my shtick. Okay. So then uh, I uh, was pretty good in the sciences, and I gravitated towards uh, pre-med, taking uh, chemistry, biology, uh, uh, all of those uh, types of courses that get you ready to go to medical school. And after a while of taking those courses, uh, again, I, I came uh, to a reality that it really wasn't Something that gave me the passion or uh, excited me. So eventually, I found my way to history, Latin American and Iberian studies, huh. uh, and it it was it was a great uh, major because it really uh, studying history and public policy uh, derivatives of that um, was really really insightful and really. Interesting to me,
0: yeah, and you didn't—you didn't know that it was just. Did did someone introduce you to that? I'm always curious. Uh,
2: no, I, I think I. You know, you take many general education courses, right? And that's how I got an introduction oh, got to it. that. And then uh, again, just being intrigued and writing papers, doing research papers, uh, having great instructors that
0: sure you get inspired, right? Yeah, you get inspired sure. and, and
2: uh, sort of got the bug that that was something oh. that. Intrigued me, and um, that's how I gravitated towards Latin American and Iberian studies.
0: I love that. And you emigrated from Mexico with your family. How old were you?
2: I was uh, five years old. I was yeah. the youngest of seven. Wow. Eight, if you include my half-brother, who's yeah. uh, the oldest. And uh, in 1970, my father immigrated our family. From Mexico to here to little, Santa Barbara. No, to a little mining town in Arizona, huh? where he uh, worked as an underground miner in a copper mine, and supporting he, a family of eight. Su- supporting our family. Wow. And um, that uh, came to an end at the end of my sixth grade elementary year. Uh, the mine closed, and there was another mine in the same town, but it was an above ground, an open pit mm-hmm. mine and not all of the employees that were laid off or displaced could be hired by that mine. So my father, um, having been part of the Bracero program, was faced with the question of how am I gonna uh, make a living uh, for mm-hmm. my family. He didn't have a formal education. My mother had rheumatoid arthritis, really deformed hands, mm. and so she couldn't work a traditional, most traditional jobs other than uh, the job of taking care of us bratty kids at home. <sighs> And that in itself was yeah, a job. Yeah, sure. But uh, my father thought he would move the family to Oxnard where he could uh, ask the farms and the ranches that he was aware uh, or knew from the Bracero program where he could get a job. And he moved us to Oxnard.
0: Where I'm, I went to junior you, high and I'm, high school. I'm going to say, were, were you the first college educated in your family?
2: The first one to attend a four year university.
0: yes. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. And then you went on to Fielding. What did you study at Fielding? Uh, organizational
2: management. I got my master's in organizational management. At what the is fielding it about
0: university. that that I'm 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 really interested in organizing and organizations and organizational development and I think that's a big deal. How did that? So so you, you got your master's in that, and then you're like, okay, now I have to go get a job. I'm gonna start a family. <laughs> no, actually so, I got my
2: master's while I was working oh. for
0: Supervisor Naomi Schwartz oh. as her chief
2: of staff. Uh, I got it later in life, my master's, but what was really, I think, great uh, to pursue that type of a master's program uh, later in life was that I had some life experiences of how mm, organizations, right. how right. systems work. So it allowed me to be more critical, uh, a, a more critical thinker and a more strategic thinker in analyzing case studies of, of, uh, in the curriculum of why certain companies fail, why certain succeeded, different organizational mm. structures, leadership, dealing with change, uh, leading change. All of those subject matters that I think lend themselves to understanding what drives organizations to success human interaction supervisorial management leadership issues uh, how all, how they're all intertwined so it was very fascinating
0: well then it you're and you're working at the same time so you could see all of those things at play so you're like living a case study right
2: absolutely
0: <laughs> so that's that, what,
2: that's what made it it, it didn't feel like a, like a chore to go to school it felt right. like wow we get to talk about issues and uh, it was a pretty diverse cohort of individuals in this program. You had uh, police officers, uh, you had people from the private sector, you had folks from government. So we were able to, from our own walks of life, come and learn from one another as well and different perspectives and ideas and um, just have our own unique perspectives as we learn from each other and not only our own experiences.
0: There's something about going to school later in life that's completely different than when it's that, you know, forced on you, right, that, well, your college wasn't forced on you, that was an opportunity, but being able to go back when you're an adult, you go, oh, I get it. It's like I think, Patrick, I think history... We should wait on history classes till we're at oh. least you've had some international travel, <laughs> and um, you're like forty years old. Like, you like can't take history unless you're forty years old, because it doesn't mean anything. And and I find I'm insanely interested in history now.
1: Right. You, I, I hated it. I, I, my, that's me with science, that, that every time I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about the universe, I'm like, oh, if, only, right. if only my science teacher were kind of this kind of committed to, to uh, bringing me along through the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's a real chicken or the egg situation where you're struggling with, um, you know, do you, do you activate them at a young time when their minds are alive and willing to learn whatever you put in front of them? Or do you wait until they have the skills uh, that from the world before you present, you know, and so they know how to learn. So. I think both are yeah. great. Yeah.
2: You got you got to pique their curiosity and of what these concepts are, and then I think once you go there or you're older and you're able to travel a little bit, it all comes to perspective. And then if you want to really learn more. You there's an opportunity, I think, to go back and enrich your mind with no exactly so
0: much more. right, so, and absolutely. and and we're all of an age where we didn't have the internet, <laughs>
1: but, no, right,
0: no. And the, right, and now um, I I was in a conversation with a, a, a upcoming guest, and uh, he said something about he uh, practices the dialectic approach to learning. I was like, what? Okay, sorry, I was sleeping during that vocabulary class, but I, I wrote it down and I went back and I looked in Wikipedia, looked up dialectic approach and I noticed there's 30 pages and oh my. I I printed it and I've of read Of course it. you did because you're from... I'm old school. Yeah. Right. I'm old school. Come on. Uh, I printed on both sides. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I still print a lot.
2: So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah But I've,
0: I've read it twice now because it's, it's pretty dense but it's i don't think i could have even grokked it at all when i was 18 but now at 62 i'm i mostly getting it but it profoundly affected how i think about learning cuz i was like oh that's really interesting so that's our buzzword for the day well I was, but are you learning. yeah are you
1: going to give us the are you going to give us the two three sentence like where's the well the, it, the uber it, pitch it, on it that it goes
0: back to to plato Okay. Um, right. It is dialectic is like the adult. small dough
1: that you mold into shapes. Yes, and exactly. Right. Plato. Got it. Of course. And it depends on what color you get. Right. Um, yeah. Sorry. But
0: it's it's looking at uh, an idea. An idea has a, a, a natural opposite, a thesis and an antithesis ah. or antithesis to it. it. It always has that. So as much as I can argue for something. You I sound g- like a lawyer, Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that that that's clearly it, it, you can do that. And. It was just really interesting because we all get locked into our story, right? That's the story. That story is my truth. And the opposite of that is also true. I just was listening to or watched um, uh, uh, the story of the Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley Jr. debates in the nineteen sixty. The Best of
1: enemies Enemies is the name of the film.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. On Netflix. Absolutely watch that. And it will... It inspired me to be try to be smarter than I am, to listen to these guys, how the, amazing, the, the amazing whole idea debates, of debate. Yeah. And I and debate gives me a nice little segue into your running for office. What office are you running for? I'm
2: running for the 24th Congressional District.
0: And it gets back to my initial question of knowing how con- contentious politics seems to have gotten, and we're not even going to go into the national politics at all, (laughs) but in general, it tends to be contentious. How much drive do you have to have for that community service to endure that, knowing full well what is absolutely going to happen?
2: Well, I think... I think you got you have to be ready to engage in debate, but you have to be committed to finding common ground with people. Uh, what do they say uh, politics is the art of compromise? Mm. Um, and I think that compromise on occasion has become a dirty word. It's, you're not supposed to compromise if you, if you look at Washington. and that is where the fallacy is. Uh, I think local government affords uh, uh, those of us that serve in local government great opportunities to not get caught up uh, in the ideology and party issues and really look to work with everyone across the board to find common ground. And I feel extremely lucky and privileged that I have been able to do that uh, throughout my uh, public service and on the Santa Barbara County Board of Supervisors be it the children's health insurance Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm a democrat working with my republican colleagues
0: Mm -hmm.
2: working with my both my republican colleagues and my democrat colleagues to invest 100 million dollars over the next 10 years towards our roads infrastructure and parks working with with my diverse colleagues to address and develop a truancy program with our schools and our district attorney and uh, again, my Republican and Democrat colleagues to be able to find common ground to move the ball forward and bring about solutions to the many significant challenges that our community faces. So I'm lucky that I've had an opportunity to um, work across the board and to demonstrate that we can do it. And I'm hoping that as I go towards this Uh, world uh, on this journey of a very partisan, toxic environment. Yeah, it is. That I'm able to bring those same uh, guiding principles of uh, building relationships, not demonizing anyone or demagoguing people, but rather work from a high moral ground of developing relationships and finding common ground. Uh, Am I going to solve it alone? Absolutely not. Am I the panacea? Absolutely not. But I'm going to do my best to work with people and to take the high road on trying to work together on finding solutions to the many problems and challenges that the American public and the residents of the 24th district currently face.
0: How? Um, what are the boundaries of the 24th district? It's most to the north.
2: It's all of San Luis Obispo County. Okay. All of Santa Barbara County. Yep. Yeah and a very, very small sliver of Ventura County.
0: Ventura from how? La, Oxnard, Just in the, north,
2: in, in the northern part that abuts. Uh, it's only, it's only I believe, uh, 1,200 to 1,500 voters
0: Got from it. Ventura County. So it's, it's kind of where the, the fire City burned area. in Solomar.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's La Conchita, it's uh, Solomar. It's the very uh,
0: Just the no- tip north part tip of that.
2: Uh, beach area, I think, of Ventura
0: So one of the questions I had on my mind, I've been doing business in Santa Barbara since I moved here in 72. I've been here. I moved on Fiesta weekend in 72. Uh, That must have been an
2: experience.
0: Were you aware of Fiesta? Zero. (laughs) So you
2: thought that was our daily interaction, our daily life. I moved into
0: 19 years old. This place rocks. Oh, my gosh. I love it. 100,000 of my new best friends. Uh, But started my first business here Uh, A software company in 84, but I'd worked in restaurants and done restaurant work. I'm curious about your thoughts about the business community and how the perception of the business community here has changed and where do you think it needs to go? That's where I want to get to because there's a lot of bad rap on the, you know, how there's all these things, impediments to, to business. What have you done specifically in that area and what do you think is left to be done? Okay. Well, I think one of the challenges, uh, I think between government and
2: the private sector is always uh, the regulatory frameworks. Right. That, uh, you know, government feels it needs to have to um, ensure, in some cases, public safety, in other cases, an orderly process. Um, for the private sector to uh, to develop their wares, on on the other hand, from the private sector, its government is 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 a big impediment, uh, and 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 is always slow to streamline processes, so that they could be more uh, efficient and more creative. Uh, but I think the solution is really government and the private sector constantly partnering to understand. Uh, these challenges to see how we could better um, collectively come out with win-wins. I'll give you an example. Um, There's always uh, challenges with land use, Uh, one sector of the private sector. Uh, Land use in Santa Barbara could be challenging. But uh, a while back in Santa Barbara County, we put together a process improvement team That brought together people from the private sector, from the ag industry, county government uh, folks, uh, some elected officials. And we all worked to identify where some of these barriers and quagmire uh, issues were. And we worked to address those. Uh, That no longer exists, but that is one example of how we attempted to do that. Another example is uh, Santa Barbara County recently... Partnered with the chambers in Santa Barbara County, uh, allocated funding uh, to work with the area business organizations to develop an economic development strategy.
0: Right, the economic vitality team.
2: Yes, and the one issue that they're starting as a win-win's first project is how can we enhance uh, fiber optic. Right. capability in Santa Barbara County because that will lead when you think of technology nowadays it'll well, help our business, schools anything. it'll yeah. help our businesses it'll create uh it'll allow businesses to want to move here it'll create more commerce it'll create more jobs it's it's a no-brainer but yet it's one that nobody was really working together to make it happen so The business community sees that as a major priority, government sees it as a major priority, and we're not working together on trying to move that forward.
0: So that's a a regional initiative, it's the broadband initiative that I know, um, three years ago when 805 Connect was just, the idea was just being born, uh, the three counties had just started to work together on that broadband. It was the first time they'd collectively done something and 805 Connect was the second thing. I, in fact, I got, uh, San Luis Obispo said, well, we'll work with the Santa Barbara Chamber and we'll get our colleagues down in Ventura and we'll partner with Intro Networks. And we created an MOU, we took it to the Santa Barbara Foundation. They said, we've never seen the three counties collaborate like this. <laughs> and I said, well, A, I was surprised cause I thought that was a, seemed a no brainer to me. Uh, but the broadband initiative is is one of those ones it's it's a nonpartisan issue. It's you know how do we argue against mm. getting more bandwidth?
2: There's there are always enough issues that we could uh, focus on and um, overcome together if we just listen to one another and we work together.
0: So now you're gonna you've gone from 24 years of thinking about um, this area this beautiful part of the world that everybody wants to come to and now you're going to how much time do you have to spend in washington Uh, Uh, again if you if you get elected how much i I think it's
2: three to four days uh, a week You're there um i i I think the actual number of days ends up being uh, about half of the year you're in washington
0: so it's being a representative government you're representing us there um, do you have some sense of the kinds of things you want to focus on because now your 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 lens changes yeah. right it's not just this you, you're representing this you know however many th- tens of thousands of people we are but you're on a national stage how does that work what, what do you well, think? Well as you can imagine uh, the
2: menu of issues uh, that Washington deals with are so broad right uh, I could keep you here for quite a long time to go over all those issues but I will tell you what I hope to be able to uh, represent and do is to represent the issues that I am hearing from the residents of the 24th District that are important to them. What are some of those issues? Uh, I think people want to make sure that the middle class continues to prosper in our country and here on the Central Coast, and that opportunities for everyone who works hard should be able to have an opportunity to get ahead. And I think making sure that we're uh, expanding middle class opportunities such as college access, right. making sure financial aid is accessible and that the interest rates on finan- on, on loans for education right. aren't so inordinate that people are going to college and leaving with this inordinate yep. amount of debt. Yeah. Um, Making sure that we're looking at those that have the least amongst us and making sure we're providing opportunities for them to pull themselves up into the middle class. Uh, Expanding on our minimum wage, which is $7.25. The federal minimum wage is $7.25. Making sure that we're providing um, preschool uh, affordability and accessibility uh, to expand those that, especially those that, Uh, don't have the best uh, advantages starting early. Making sure we're providing family leave and sick leave and expanding those as well. Um, Protecting our environment. Making sure that we're taking care of our veterans, and especially our veterans that return uh, from their service. Uh, You know, we have many homeless veterans, and we're not doing a good enough job of, of addressing their needs and the challenges that they face, their mental health challenges, their housing challenges. Uh, making sure we're addressing uh, gun violence, uh, passing common sense uh, gun uh, laws that ban assault weapons, that create universal background checks. We're seeing way too many tragedies in our nation uh, of uh, because people have very easy access to firearms. and But the ones that are causing the most havoc are the ones that, are made to maim people and not use right. on a daily basis. Assault weapons. Those are the ones that we really need to uh, look to ban, as well as armor-piercing ammunition and, and making sure that we institute universal background checks and make sure that everybody who sells guns, whether you're in a store or at a, sh- at a gun show, are licensed to do so.
0: So all, all of those... Sound uh, like the kind of the, all the big issues that we, that we are talking about that are being debated. I've got to. I've got to if I could just finish, you sure. know, obviously protecting our environment, addressing yep, the
2: issues of that. climate change, and expanding our economy. What, what does expanding our economy mean? It means creating new job sectors, renewable energy, uh, creating a renewable energy policy at, at the national level, which we don't have, investing and incentivizing solar and wind and also making sure that we continue to invest in our national infrastructure which by doing so shores up our infrastructure and creates jobs uh, that's one of the, actually the silver linings that we recently saw in congress they actually came together to pass a transportation bill uh for them that's a big issue here big for issue. us uh, for us locally exactly right? I I mean, for our roads and if look what
0: happened um you know we've we we're, we've been three years in a drought and now we've got the largest El Nino ever, and it and and we have fires here. We have fires and earthquakes, everybody. Yeah. And we had a fire right on the freeway, and then the freeway is closed. And then we have the rains two weeks later, and the freeway closes. And that's we're, we're done. I mean that that's, and I don't. Uh, there's the physical geography doesn't allow us to change that, but. Um, Transportation is a big issue for us. Where, where are you on uh, light rail and uh, helping helping ease that?
2: I'm a, a major proponent of that. As you recall, we passed Measure A a few years ago, and that allocated $25 million towards our uh, being able to move forward our own dedicated rail program from Ventura County all the way to Goleta. And that has resulted in two rail projects that we've been trying to move forward. One is our own dedicated rail program where we is run it—new new lines uh, or your uh, own train? Our, our own train cars. Got it. Using existing uh, the railroads. Right. But to be able to do that, you need to work with the Union Pacific. Right. And we have not been able to get favorable terms from them to lease the railroad uh, lines to have our own rail program. So it hasn't made it cost uh effective or feasible so we have put that aside and we continue to work on that but that hasn't come to fruition yet the other rail project that seems more realistic and uh, we were supposed to have uh, online by march but it seems to be slowed down again is the retiming of this amtrak Surfliner. Uh,
0: Retiming, what does that mean?
2: Right now you have the Amtrak Surfliner, right That used to be run by Amtrak in the state of California. We have a local authority uh, from San Diego all the way to San Luis Obispo and it, it includes Santa Barbara County called Losan. Through legislation, we took local control of the Amtrak Surfliner train that travels from um, San Diego all the way, to San Luis Obispo. So what does that mean, local What that control? means is that we now have control of the times, the cars, and the travel of this train along this corridor from San Diego to San Luis. And we're exploring how we might be able to add an additional train cart or trip during peak hours from Ventura to Galita, so that we could start having our impact in addressing our congestion by providing yet another option Mm. To our residents that commute every day from Ventura to Goleta and Santa Barbara, so working on the retiming of an existing rail program that already exists, the Amtrak
0: service. So you don't have to deal with Union Pacific; you deal with in, in a, a roundabout different entity. way. You
2: still have to deal with them, right? But Amtrak is afforded certain rights by law to use Am, uh, Amtrak uh, to use the Pacific uh, Pacific right uh, Pacific. Uh, rail uh, lines
0: and, uh, again I'm, I'm going to get back to this what is it in your makeup that says I'm gonna go work on pushing really big rocks up really big hills cuz <laughs> cuz at the end because is to me I'm an entrepreneur and you know I I identify a need I find a client I build a product and we give it sell it to them and the there's very few gates between you know me and a yes and with you, it seems like you get you get a you know a wonderful idea, but you've got to sell it to so. Man, I mean, that's what politics is. And I'm going to get back to that original question. Well,
2: maybe you ask me why I'm so committed or interested in pursuing, continuing to pursue my public service, despite the complexity and the challenges, to move ideas and solutions forward. And I guess it goes back to my uh, my early upbringing. You know, I. I, I was not raised from the most uh, advantageous economic, right. economic right. circumstance. Uh, I, uh, nonetheless, I was afforded an opportunity to go to college uh, despite being a poor kid i joined the united states marine corps which is uh, nice uh, provides some challenge uh, challenging growth opportunities yes uh uh, (laughs) is that a polite (laughs) way of talking about (laughs) drill (laughs) (laughs) sergeants, drill instructors absolutely Yeah. yeah you know i i do not fret uh taking on these challenges and it's something that as i mentioned earlier no matter what we do in life every year every step of what we do we continue to learn and grow and i think i've learned Uh, And and have grown in finding solutions, uh, working through the system, building the relationships you need so that you could Mm -hmm. get to the goal line of solutions and making a difference and impacting people's lives. So I want to take the same approach that I've taken all my life in my public service and in Santa Barbara County government uh, to Washington to represent the residents of the 24th district on the many issues that that keep them up at night, that are of concern to them. And I am finding myself going throughout the 24th Congressional District, hearing and listening and learning from them what's important to them, what's on their minds, uh, and and, and making sure that I fully understand those issues because that's my priority. Washington is pretty big and pretty broad. My priority is to represent, uh, first and foremost, the needs and interests uh, and issues that are of concern to the residents on the 24th congressional district and secondly the rest of the national international issues that congress deals with
0: what's the um you know the you're, you're obviously passionate about this and if you get elected uh, what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most? And it's like, that's going to be fun. Because, I mean, I think we have fun in doing what we do or you wouldn't in do it. In this journey or yeah. this position? Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, if I get there, what's, you know, you close your eyes, man, it would be fun to do what?
2: Well, I think uh, the institution of Congress uh, is uh, obviously a very historic, sure. uh, awesome institution.
0: Just sitting in that seat, right.
2: And being able to, I think, fathom... Uh, the significant impact that one can have. I think that's a little overwhelming and a little mm. uh, uh, awesome in itself to know that you're one of, uh, of a group of folks that uh, has the responsibility to uh, do good and to get beyond all those negative things that have stifled and continue to stifle Congress to do good things, to move the ball forward, to bring about solutions. Um, the exciting part is that you're there trying to uh, make things happen. The negative side is what we all know about Congress.
0: Sure.
2: What are they doing? They're always ratings. fighting. Uh, yeah. Can they actually work together on issues? And being able to impact that negativity in a positive way to achieve things, I think is, is a challenge and something that I hope to be able to try, try to do my part in in, in bringing about solutions. And,
0: and I'm thinking of the thick skin you need to have, right? To to and and the the, the perseverance, I guess. Right, is just to 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 do that. To, what's it like on the campaign trail? I've never. I mean, I've gone out and raised money, <clears throat> and I know you've got a, a all what that is like. So, what's that? How's that been um, for you?
2: Well, it's a pretty uh, it's a, it's the campaign itself is quite interesting. But I take I take great uh, satisfaction in in the fact that it's a great opportunity to meet so many sure. people right. and to hear from them. That is That's the fun. nectar That's of fun. the journey. There you go. Uh, but the downer of the journey is uh, obviously the fundraising that has to take place. Right. Uh, because in our democracy. uh you know what? What wins? Uh, what helps win campaigns is the money to get out your message and to reach as many voters as possible with uh, introducing yourself, introducing your platform, introducing uh, who you are and your ideas. So, unfortunately, uh, fundraising is a major part of it, and it's it's probably one of the most uh, negative aspects of, of of running for office because it, you have to do it unless you're just independently wealthy right and um, and and you can use your own money but um, but the most um, uh, satisfying part of the journey is just to meet people I, I I'm a people person I love sure, meeting people sure, I love sure. to to hear, hear their stories I love to to hear what keeps them up at night what's important to them uh, and to let my wheels turn as to okay that's important. Learning the solutions, learning the pathway to effectuate a solution to the issues of concern mm, that they mm. have. That is what makes it exciting and um, satisfying.
0: I, I heard a couple of weeks ago um, someone said, we had them on the show. It was meet a new person every day. Mm-hmm. Like it was the five-day challenge, and it was meet a new person every day. So you're obviously meeting a lot more. <laughs> meet <100 laughs> a hundred yeah. people every day. A hundred new people every day. Well, Salud, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Our, our time has evaporated. Uh, one of the things that we our, our regular listeners know is that... Um, a snappy title or an interesting title to this episode will help sell it, if you will. So it's nice to have a little uh, title. And I give you the opportunity to, what would, what would we call this conversation? The insight
2: of, of a public service. The
1: insight of public service.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. that. See? That's great. Some people.
1: Yeah, they get it in the first try, yeah.
0: And I love that. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, how do people get a hold of you if they like what they heard and they want to support you? And um,
2: They can go to saludcarbajal.com. It's my website.
0: Us? Salud,
2: S-A-L-U-D, Carbajal, C-A-R-B-A-J-A-L.com is my website. Right. Or they could call me on my personal cell phone. No Eight oh five six three
0: seven six zero. 805
2: 637 22. It's been my cell phone for about 15, 20
0: years. Wow. Nice. So we can text you and you <laughs> text me,
2: Call me. But I I encourage you to go to my website, or and on there are f- phone numbers to my campaign staff, um, emails where to reach me as well. Um, uh, my personal email is salutcarbajal at gmail.com, and there's other emails, campaign emails that are at the website. Uh, But I encourage people uh, to contact me at all those different mediums, because sometimes if I'm getting 50 calls a day, it might take me a day to get back to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you do, uh, it came real clear that you want to hear what people have to say and what you know, what their challenges are and how you might be able to help. And, and you know, just on behalf of uh, Santa Barbara Citizen, thank you so much for your support of the 805 Connect project and then the earlier business uh, development project that we did. Thank you. We really appreciate that. You've always had an open door for us.
2: Well, thank you, and uh, much congratulations on all your success.
0: Yeah, well, we're, we're it's a work in progress so I want to, uh, again, thank Salud for joining us. And I want to thank California Lutheran University's School of Management. And I understand you taught at Calu.
2: Yes, I, what taught, did you teach? I taught leadership theory and implementation uh, for an undergraduate
0: program. Oh, nice. I love that. And we also want to thank Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. Love this great studio and our new microphones from Blue Microphone, which is a Westlake company, and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect project, now going into our third year, is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. If you're interested in how you could support our project, go to 805connect.com. Patrick, how could people help this show specifically?
1: Well, you know, Mark, I, every show I think about what's the what's the best way to increase the outreach of this program because I really do feel it is strong and successful. and It's one of my mom's favorite shows for sure. So um, my advice to you right now is to think of the most influential person you know, the person mm. who has the most amount of friends, the most amount of mm. connections, that person that you always absolutely want to invite to every gathering because they're so great to have around. I want you to uh, reach out to them and say, this is the podcast you need to be listening to and uh, put it into their phone for them if they need it. Uh, otherwise, just just push 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 and uh, get this message out there
0: that works if you go to any word i we just got on uh uh tune fm oh exactly yeah exciting exactly so yeah. it's another yet another network we're on uh, i'd love to hear from you personally if you've got ideas for the show um and anything any comments you've got send them to mark at 805 connect.com i'd love to love to hear from you so until next time this is mark sylvester your host for 805 conversations